Welcome back to Double Dose. I'm your host, Daniel. And I'm your host, Depeche. And we're here to take you from Earth to... Holy shit. Yeah. Does that mean I'm going to be rich? Yeah. You're gonna Damn. Make, you're going to be a big connect one. Here's my life savings. <laughs> Guys, we are back after a one-week hiatus. Uh, I hope you're happy to see our, uh, hear our voices again and see our faces. Yeah. Uh, straight off the bat, Daniel, I've done a bit of research for this episode, and um, I've been holding on to this, this story I've been wanting to tell you for a couple of weeks now. Okay. I'm excited to share it with you because yes. it's something that resides in Sydney. Okay. Ooh, I want okay. to talk to you about- the Secret Cliff Tunnel of Sydney. Secret Cliff Tunnel. Secret Cliff Tunnel. Secret it's, Tunnels. How do you get around so quickly? Like a, a ten-year-old named it, but uh, I hope it's interesting. <laughs> it looks. It sounds pretty cool. So um, I found this little article, and I bring up a photo for you while I while I shed some light on it. So this mm-hmm. is um this is what we're looking at over here, and I'm, we'll bring it up for the, on the screen for you, lovely uh, watchers. So mystery so now. Yeah, this is the little guy it right. Looks here. Like a fucking dick. It does a little bit. <laughs> yeah. We'll do a little quick zoom in on that too, hopefully. Um, so, mystery surrounds the discovery of secret cliff tunnel hidden beneath Sydney Lighthouse. Mm-hmm. Drone images have emerged for the first time of the tunnel's entrance, which lies below the Macquarie Lighthouse at Vaucluse in Sydney's city, city's east. Even with the use of radar, the exact route of the tunnel remains unclear. The tunnel is believed to have been built in World War II and forgotten for decades, but there are currently no theories to its exact purpose. Interestingly... It was a Macquarie University student um, who filmed it herself and um, she was actually filming the lighthouse because it's the logo for Macquarie University. Okay. And whilst filming uh, some some of this footage just for like, I guess, a little a little trailer for the for the uh, Macquarie University's YouTube channel, it was spotted. Um, right. So, I'm going to skim just to the end of this video so you can see. little zoom out and all of a sudden, you just see a little, little... So was the How funny is that? So it's the right people, there. The people um so is the YouTube comments and stuff all about this tunnel or is nothing? So I guess there's only one um YouTube comment on this video. I don't think many people are going to Macquarie University's um YouTube page. Mm-hmm. But um I tried to find any footage of the tunnel and it seems that someone has taken it upon themselves to use their own drone. And film it, um, film it as close as they can. Um, they weren't able to go inside, unfortunately. But I found a comment which was very scary, and um, I will read it out for you right now. So while I'm while that's playing, secret nuclear lab tunnel is that legit? Apparently, so this is um this is a comment what? from uh, that someone left uh, by the name of the from the username Tiger Green Tongue, and he says, "My best friend Craig Bruce fell from here, twelfth of the eighth, nineteen seventy three." He was 18 years old. This, the city to surf r- foot race always reminds me of that day. We camped in the shack every weekend. I know the way down off the cliff face, and I know where the entrance is from above. The roof has partially collapsed on our barbecue and chairs. We had camp stretches and hammocks in the room. The tunnel is only 20 to 25 meters long, and at the end of the tunnel is the battery. Above that is a rusted ladder to the cliff's top. There are no other secret tunnels that lead from the cliffs, from the cliffs to the harbor. Oh, sorry. There are other secret tunnels that lead from the cliffs to the harbour. This is not one. Most of the tunnel entrances were concreted over. The installations on the harbour side were either removed and buried under parks and gardens. That is the fate of the latter entrance to the shack. There is a garden bed and trees on top of the entrance. I know the cliffs from Bondi to St. Head like the back of my hand. I've climbed every cliff. I live in Wagga now. Still love cliffs. Interesting. Um, pretty sad story for his friend. Yeah. But um, it's crazy because like... Obviously, this guy was around and knows the entrance to this from the cliff top, and he knows that it, there was a gar- garden bed made over the entrances. And like we were talking in a couple of episodes ago, he said ago, there's nothing in it. He, he says, says no. He says at the end of the, at the end of the tunnel is the battery. He just says the battery, and people have speculated that it could be used for nuclear um, research in the 1950s. I did read that. Um, again, I do not know. Um, How did you find this? I was trying to find, uh, I think I was either looking at the hidden tunnels in Sydney, because we were talking about this a few episodes ago, and I was yeah, talking yeah, about yeah. how there's a lot of um, these hidden tunnels in Sydney that have been really like sealed off permanently, and um, all any uh, any remnants of like w- the entrance's original uh, whereabouts have been like 
you know, hidden from public public view, which is very I find very odd. Um, I don't think that that's something that should be hidden from the public. Mm-hmm. Um, so looking for that, I think, and uh, I think I was looking for maybe haunted things in Sydney because mm-hmm. we're approaching uh, Halloween at the time, mm-hmm. and I stumbled across this, and I thought that was fascinating. I mean, look at this thing. It's uh, and and for those that uh, aren't watching, um, it's literally a small. Uh, I guess like hangar opening, like yeah. a metal hatch opening on the side of a cliff, and we're talking like it's a proper cliff. Like it's how how high up would you think this is from the shore? I can't tell. I haven't seen the bottom. Quite high. Quite high. like if you come in off this thing, you're dropping for a long time. Uh, even uh, the the cliff above to like if you had to belay yourself down like on um Mission Impossible style. The cliff looks like 10, 15 meters at least from the top of the cliff. Yeah. So, it's like halfway down the cliff drop. It's it's very far down. And obviously, you can't, it, there's definitely an entrance to it. And that seems to be an exit of some sort. I don't know why there would be a need for an exit there on the side of, of the, just like on a cliff face. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that Macquarie University um has it under their lighthouse or under their logo so someone knows about that history and i would well, love to know someone's built that yeah that's been and built the guy, people that say no one knows what's in it i think that's a stretch no someone knows someone knows that we're just not allowed to know and i don't like that <laughs> i don't I like know. that i want to know depeche doesn't like that let me know uh so if anyone uh any of you lovely listeners have heard about this please let us know in the comments below dm us send us an email um i would love to know but i thought that was pretty freaky man um that is it's just kind of eerie looking and it's very overgrown there's like vegetation no one's using it it now i bet you there's some real simple explanation for it but um just pretty freaky that no one knows and it's crazy that this guy tiger green tongue he was like straight up like having barbecues and hammocks and stuff and in that and they were using it so this was probably like 30 to 40 years after its creation, it's abandoned and they're already using it. And then still on top of that, um, it was sealed up. And he knows of other hidden um, tunnels that lead from the cliffs to the harbour, which is crazy. wonder why. Yeah. Must have been access when they were building stuff underground there. I just can't understand why you would need that there. Yeah. And on the cliff side. Mm. And why is there a battery or something in there? Yeah. Very peculiar. It's just a strange location, a strange thing to be built and to be just left there like that. Excavating that rock from that spot would have been super difficult. Yeah. How do you go like straight down and then like just out to the it cliff It looks edge? like there's some walkways cut on the left and right of it. You reckon that just looks like just like a erosion? Like it's just like a step. Maybe it's got something to do with- uh Man, it's freaky, isn't it? It is freaky. It's just it's it's very eerie because it's just like I don't know. It's it's just it's it's honestly it's so smack bang in the middle of this cliff face. It's like why would that? Why would you need an exit there? There's no there's no need for an exit out of a cliff face there. Why build that? And it's like when you look at it, it looks like something from um. Oh, what's the game? The zombie game with uh, the guy and the girl. Very popular. Last of Us. Last of Us. It looks like a, a, a scenery from that. Yeah. Where it's just been abandoned and it's overgrown. It just looks like wet and it, it's freaky, right? Like, um, I mean, unfortunately, this person that made the YouTube video um, looking into it, I don't think he could get his drone in it. Um, you'd be worried you'd lose it. Yeah, because obviously it's several meters down from the cliff edge. And then you have to go in in the ground so that you're going to lose a strong signal. Unless maybe you're from the water, maybe, from a boat, you'd get yeah, a better signal. Yeah, you wouldn't. The rock would would lose a signal immediately as yeah. soon as it went in. It'd be screwed. You'd probably almost like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you'd be able to do this. You'd have to like set up like a little remote Wi-Fi hub at the entrance and then you'd set a little RC to, car. You'd have to belay yourself down and get back up. Very freaky. All right. Well, who's uh, who's keen to check that out? Me. Let's do it. Let's do it. It reminds me With of no those videos knowledge. of those guys that do the, they walk down the old abandoned mines and stuff. Yeah. That shit is so scary. I've seen a couple of them where this guy starts hearing like screaming oh sounds. Oh my God. And he's like the the only, so he's got a whole YouTube channel where he just discusses going in mines and he's been in thousands and he always likes adventuring in, in the ones that, you know, that are really are completely abandoned and they just, I don't know what happened, but- it says caution, do not enter, blah, blah, blah. He goes down deep 
like are we talking like a like there's old like gold mines and stuff like that? Yeah, 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 yeah old yeah. ones that are just completely run over, and yeah, you know, there's even power running to some of them that are just left going and, and just completely abandoned for, yeah. for whatever reason. And then, oh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. I, I have watched some of those videos. And this guy goes down um, a mine and he starts hearing this noise and he turns around behind him and one of these real heavy metal chains- I've like watched swinging. the exact same video. Yeah. It's like swinging in the- in the in the, Not the wind, but it looks like it's being bumped by something and he's yeah. like, no one is here. And he's deep. And, it, and this is like in like the desert. Yeah, it's in, in the like desert a, in of like, like a, Arizona or something. Yeah, like just a- an old like maybe gold rush mine yeah and, and it's just um, middle of nowhere middle of nowhere and yeah I know exactly what you're talking about because he's walking through and he, he, you know there's no one with him and the chain's just swinging yeah and there's barely any light in there yeah 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 I remember yeah. that video I watched that video yeah goosebumps bro. yeah it's a freaky video man. and so I saw that one and he said that's the only one he's had that kind of experience in would you go in this mm, I would go in if it wasn't dangerous to go in I wouldn't go in you wouldn't go in what would you think would be there I just think it's pretty freaky yeah, but dude, my darky run days, I'm I'm primed for you, You've been training your I whole life for it. I was in the pitch black darkness. I could not see this. There's no fear when you're a kid. <coughs> you're just excitement and adventure. I was running with my hands on the walls and there's cockroaches everywhere. <laughs> I, I, that wouldn't have bothered me so much. I think at that age, you're just like, it's it's just mysterious. You're just like, it's an adventure, right? Yeah, when I was worried kid. about getting lost because there was some turns. I'd be more worried about getting caught. That that's that's when I was doing things like that. I was always worried about like, oh, what if someone catches us doing this? Okay, yeah. No, nah, I was too off the grid. No one would ever come <laughs> down. And some kids' parents, I think, would be like, "Be careful in there," and I'll be like, "Fuck off." Imagine you um, emerged and you were in a completely different state. Would you tell anyone? Different state. Imagine you went down a darky run with your friends, and, and after you got like out, five minutes, and you and you asked someone, "Hey, um, are we near?" Parramatta, and they're like, Parramatta. I'm like, yeah, Parramatta, but near blah, blah, blah. And they're like, that's in Sydney. And you're like, yeah. And like, this is South Australia. I would be freak. I was and, hoping for something like that. And they were dead set. Would you, this was the would you tell them? Or would you be like, go straight back in tunnel, go home and like to be your friends, like talk to your friends and be like, what do we do here? I think I would be like, oh, and then just walk away and talk to them. But I think a lot of people think that- um, in the movies, you know, if, um, oh, you just jump back in time and blah, blah, blah. And it, it people just have like this crazy adventure and then you come back to normality. But I really think what ends up happening and me learning from my mental health and what a um, um, ignorant little man I was back in the day, ignorant yeah. child, I have no idea. I think what actually would happen if you experienced any kind of time dilation, any kind of... Um, you know, you jumped from one spot to the other and it you came back, I think you would actually probably, your body would become really frightened and you would ex- you would assume you're experiencing some kind of psychotic symptoms. Because I guess it would be the same sensation of literally being visited by like an alien. It's yeah. just something that- you, Your you, mind can't really comprehend it. You've never seen evidence of it ever. And now you're seeing something that you, it, it's- it's unfathomable. You cannot believe that you're actually seeing it. Yeah. And I think you'd probably have a psychotic break. As exciting it, as it sounds. It, it would probably happen. Yeah. It's like those people that get powers in movies. You know, like, I get power, I'm become Superman and blah, blah, blah. You've seen the, the movie. Um, uh, Chronicle? Chronicle, yes. Damn, you're on it. Chronicle, where the kids get the powers. Yeah. I don't think it would go anything like that. I think the kids would all become extremely frightened and freaked out that- their reality wasn't normal anymore. At least they had each other. They did have each other, but that's true. But I feel like if I you had friends that you could confide they, they, in. They would all still think they're probably becoming some sort of mass psychosis versus, Maybe, oh my yeah. God, I'm getting powers. Maybe, like, yeah. Is this really happening? Like, I- I'm getting kind of freaked out. Is this really happening? Because like, you would think it's a dream for a long time. Yeah. I think it would be like, is this what reality is supposed to be like? That's mm. kind of frightening. As long, I think as long as you had people around you that experienced the same thing, thing as you then that's be a bit okay. better but if you're by yourself and you visit were visited by an alien legit and you had to live with that and you couldn't explain to anyone and you knew everyone was going to think you're absolutely insane that would you would It'd just go insane much, you'd go insane. a lot of people to handle yeah for sure and it's like you know in the show dark the Netflix one you showed it to me at the beginning. oh yes 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 yeah the time travel thing yeah that's intense so if you got went back in the past and got stuck 
I swear to God, you would start having the illusion and, and probably your brain would start even thinking- You wouldn't know what's real what, anymore. Was, was that a dream? Mm. Was my previous life a dream and now I'm here? Yeah, yeah. And now is, is, was, is my reality real? Like I feel like a lot of people would actually become extremely frightened and it would be almost completely overwhelming. You wouldn't be able to live with yeah. it. Yeah, you wouldn't think you're in control of the situation. Yeah, your brain would be like, is this normal? I'm- freaking out too much to handle and like it can be too much to handle i think so uh, if, if you would just overwork your head being like oh my god what the hell's happening and yeah. to the point where you just snap yeah just, that's what i think ends up happening yeah so i know uh, that's if I interesting went into you say a that tunnel and went to somewhere else i think i'd be like all right i'm pretty sure this is a dream right, right this right. can't happen in reality mm. and what if you're with your friends when you're on your darky runs I would assume I'm dreaming. Yeah, right. You wouldn't be like you'd be like well from DPDR. As a kid, is, you'd just be like, did you did, did you experience that? They'd be like, yeah, we were just there, we were with you the whole time. Yeah, but for be me, like around the twist. This is me thinking with my dissociation. This is with a, a mature head. Yeah, yeah. But like, I might snap out of my mental health issues and be like, oh yeah, I could totally handle that. Yeah, so okay. I don't know, but I think really it would be a big strain on your brain. Yeah, I mean. Uh, it's something that, like, I would have to talk to the people I was with to death about the situation until I felt like- I'm grounded enough. Yeah, like, I know that they experienced the exact same thing I experienced. Yeah. But if they were like, yeah, yeah, like, they didn't want to talk about it, I'd be freaking out, dude. Yeah, I'd be like, no, 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 you got to talk to me. Like, this Yeah, no, happening. like, do you, do you I, I'd be, yeah. I'd, I don't know if I brought this up on the podcast. Um, I had something similar happen. I was um, driving in the car with my buddy- and we were a little intoxicated um, and we're coming out to my house and um, there's a cul-de-sac near my house and there was a, so as we're coming, creeping up the road, there was a car parked um, on the, in the cul-de-sac and on one side of the cul-de-sac is kind of like um, overgrown bush and then like houses start on the other side of the cul-de-sac and as we're driving up, um, I saw a grey blur from the middle of the cul-de-sac dart behind the car, which would have gone eventually into the bushes. So, the car really blocked uh, a few frames of the motion. Yeah. If the car wasn't there, I probably would have been able to figure out what it was. But it moved so quickly. So, when I just- I was talking to him and I looked forward and I just saw it and I'm like- and I was mid-sentence and I said, did you see that? And he goes, yeah. And I'm like- and I was so serious- because I was like, dude, don't joke with me right now. What was it? Because I know what I saw. So, yeah. I said, describe it then. And he described exactly what I saw. I said, he goes, it was gray and it moved super quick. And I'm like, yeah. And it looked like it had three legs. And it was like, it was like, it was like mid um, stride when I saw it. And he, he described the exact same thing. So, I knew he saw what I saw. And then we pulled up to my house and I was like freaking out. Because I'm like, well, it wasn't a dog because it was way too big to be a dog. Uh. It moved so quick. Okay. Um, yes, we were, you know, a little bit intoxicated. That doesn't matter. But we both saw the same thing. I think I whittled it down to, I think it was actually a kangaroo. Okay. Because this Three thing was Three legs makes sense because of the tail. Yeah. I will, the way I saw it was like, it was in a stride and it was, dude, I was picturing like a gray wolf. It was so big. It would have been like taller than this table. Like this big, yeah. Kangaroos are massive, and it just went. Like, it was just like, and it was so quick and huge. And I was like, about to get out of the car. I'm like, freaking out. I'm like, if if that thing's out there moving that quickly, what's it gonna do to me? <laughs> I was freaking out. <laughs> You're in a car. <laughs> yeah. Oh, but I had to get out of my out of the car oh, of my house, okay, yeah, yeah. and I was like, shit, dude, this is kind of scary. And then a couple of weeks later, I did see a dead little wallaby nearby right. and i was like mm, maybe maybe most likely that's the case i know we have foxes that come in my street sometimes too big to be a fox it was quick and huge dude and i was freaking him out but like again in that in that instance if, if you, my friend didn't see it i would be freaking out because just the sheer size and speed that this thing was i'm like this is a creature this is a monster yeah <laughs> like there's no doubt in my mind i'm like there's not a dog what else could it possibly be in Australia Yeah, at like, I don't know, 1 a.m. in the morning? The fact that there's bush there, though, probably a wallaby. Because I'm even yeah. close to suburbia when I'm riding around on my scooter or my bike and stuff. And I see wallabies yeah. and I see kangaroos and I'm like, fuck, these things are huge, even in the distance. Yeah, yeah. And I see them bouncing around. I'm like, man, I'm like right near houses here. Why are kangaroos so jacked? They're animals. 
but shave just, a dog down, bro. The thing's muscular. Maybe as a hell. staffy, but my dog's soft as hell. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but I'm saying wild animals that live in the. Ju- they like look like they're bench pressing. They got veiny biceps and like yeah, just straight pecs, a, and they're just like. Yeah, but look at a gorilla, and the thing only eats vegetables all day. <laughs> Doesn't even eat meat. Gorillas are scary. Hey, they got way too much strength. Dude, sh- look at a chimp, and when they they're strong, the bald. But you know what? They look chimp, like they don't look like they're jacked. They look like do they do strength training. No, it's no, a no, different no. build. All right, look at this. <laughs> Write this down. Uh, oh, shit. Here we go again. You saying they look like they do strength training, bro. What did you type in? Hairless chimp. Oh, they're going to type in- have, like alopecia and shit. Look at Jacked shrimp. Sh- jacked, jacked up chimp. it is. Let me rotate the screen a little bit for me. Okay, yeah, that, that chimp's pretty- But you know what he looks like? That's an old chimp, he, Yeah, he looks like old man that was fit in his life. Yeah, but look Fit at this prime. beast, man. Look at the look at the lats on this thing. Yeah, look at his quads. Dude, look at his lat. And yeah, I know. And they barely use their legs. Why are they that strong? Because why, they're why wild they- animals. They need to have Look at this thing. That's freaky. Flying I, in the night. I was thinking about this the other day for my dog. Um and when I say the other day, this was actually quite a while ago. I think that the reason they're so fit is because one um, they're not self-conscious about their body. Okay. So, every movement they do is optimal, right? There's like no hunchback. There's no, oh, I don't know if I can lift this. There's. It's just like, I need to do this. And they do it with 100%. So, if I'm walking, yep. I'm not lazily walking. I'm, I'm a dog in this scenario. I'm, if I'm, I want to get it from there to the ball- I'm not like just slepping over because I'm a man, I'm a human being. I'm just, I feel laziness in my head. I'm just like, I need, I get the ball now. 100% pure, pure motion. Like imagine if it's we all, did everything yeah. with perfect 100% dedication. It's all, it's all dedicated form. I think that's why they're so fit because it's dedicated, right? Like if you were to stride and walk with perfect posture everywhere you went, yeah, just shoulders back, perfect freaking just- what was it? The, your tripod stance with your, the ball of your foot and then oh, the, yeah, the toes yeah. and then the heel. Yeah, yeah. And you, I reckon you would have the most perfect defined legs. But, okay. I'm going to be coming hard on the other side. And let God me say that. though. Because <laughs> Why are you going to do me like that? Because there's a trade-off between motor, um, motor skills mm-hmm. and power. There's a trade-off. You can't have fine motor skills and insane amounts of power being put into what you're doing. Because you get a chimp to fucking try and write cursive. It's not going to be able to do it because its movements are too strong. Or is it because right? it doesn't know what it's doing? No, it's it cannot. It does not have the fine motor skills that we do. Right. That's why we can do fucking surgery and sew. Right. Right. There's a trade-off between strength and the fine motor skills that we develop. They can. So I even heard a, read a study about it. In between boys and girls, girls have need a handwriting when they're young because they actually develop fine motor skills much better than boys do. Interesting. So when boys do, they have a lot more strength in their movements, so they actually lack the fine articulation in their limbs. So that's yeah. why girls can write very neatly and boys mm, really struggle with interesting. that. Interesting. Because men's bodies are actually tuned to be strong. And it's funny you say that because I, that just shot a memory into my head of a girl that I um, that was in my primary school, and I always used to look at how hard she used to press the pen on the paper. Her fingers, yeah, that would would be white, like her yeah, knuckles would yeah. be white, and she would be digging the pen into the paper for every word. And I'll, I'll just be like, "Isn't that not hurting you?" Yeah, I know, I know her name. It's um, I won't say her name, but. Um, it's redacted. <laughs> Beep. It's yeah. Um, but obviously, yeah, I I, I can understand. Uh, in general, um, women might have yeah be able to develop those fine motor skills early on. That's um that's interesting. With chimps, uh, for for instance, um, do you think it's they're giving a hundred percent because they're being told this this has to this pen has to touch the paper and they go. <laughs> they they do have the- motor. They have pretty good motor skills. Yeah. And they, they can like, use it- iPads and screens. You've seen them using Instagram. They they do the thing where they flick and stop, flick and stop, flick and stop. They don't just let it keep sliding. They flick and go to the next image perfectly. But do you think it's because they don't know 
how much strength to put in. Like, for instance, my mum. Uh, when I when good. I show they're, her, they're still pretty good. I'll show my mum something on my iPad, and she'll yeah. press it as if it's pressure sensitive. Yeah, I know. It's just old people spec. So at chimp, <laughs> I'm saying it's just no. going to be like finger through the no, iPad. No, like they, they still can use it with dexterity. But you, how do you illustrate to a chimp? Uh, they would they know. Okay, you, you touch this. Like you press a button that works. They don't. But they would be pushing it with. They would. They don't know that they got to be lightly touch something. Right? Watch. I'll show you a video. Have you seen an animal eat anything? They eat it with so much ferocity. They're just like, I need to eat this, dude. It's not like, I'm going to just take a nice little bite, gentle bite of this apple like we do. This. Chimps have a better um, short-term memory and in speed and accuracy than we do. So, what they do is they flash a bunch of numbers on the screen, Mm -hmm. one to ten, and then about a second later, they cover all the numbers with a pattern and they have to touch exactly where the numbers 1 to 10 were in the correct order. And they showed this and the chimps are just like, see it for a millisecond and go boom, 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 and they know. Yeah. But humans can't do it. But watch his dexterity. I don't doubt that they can do the task. That's not what I'm saying. But it's they're not the f- smashing the screen. Like but who's saying- to say, who, like say if a human were to do that, they'd probably be tapping it. Who's to say the chimp isn't like, like look, look at this dude do it. See, he's not, he's, he's just- Tapping it, right? Now, I want to see the chimp do it. Yeah, the chimp does it like freaking- Let me see how hard he's pressing it. He's not pressing it hard. He's just very accurate and quick. Because maybe we can't explain to them- Watch. The chimp will see it. Man, this thing's bashing the screen. (laughs) No, he's not. He's very gentle. (laughs) Yeah, he's very gentle. He's gentle. Look. Boom, 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 boom. He nails it every time. He gets it perfect. Isn't it interesting the way they do it? um, Just looking at that, the way the human did it was- the human was, you could see was thinking, but yeah, it looked not. almost like it was second nature for the chimp. The, you know, it, it, it almost like looked like it looked away from the screen for a second. There, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was like, yeah, yeah. It doesn't. I'm it doing just, the best of this. Dude, That's look at it. this thing. Ready? Watch how it scrolls. Pretty, pretty nice. Watch. What do you think it's thinking right there? I have no idea. Look, look. Is he double tapping? Yeah. What, what do you think he- Look, he knows how to swipe away. What do you away. think he's doing there? He, he's just understanding pictures. Do you think he's been taught to do it so he's doing he's it? Or watching, he, he, or he knows what he's doing? No, I think he's seen people do it and he's figured Let's out Let's explain to, for those listeners. But he's just watching So, we're watching videos. a chimp um, navigate his way through Instagram. And it's pretty accurate. And it, it like knows- The features. To swipe to go back to the main feed and it knows how to click an image to bring it up and- I'm I'm trying to understand if it's been shown that you can do this or it knows what it wants to see. I'm, it's I'm definitely understanding what it- If they can teach chimps and, and gorillas sign language, they can definitely use a freaking iPhone. Babies can use an iPhone. Yeah, but they're not thinking. They're just following. Well, dude, he's clearly interested in the video. Interesting. He's mesmerized. Interesting. Chimps, people think like, oh, One time chimps I was on the are train. so funny and like, oh, they're so cool. I wouldn't get anywhere near chimp. I don't care how you safe you th- tell me it is. Anything that's strong enough to kill me, I wouldn't get near. Um, one time I was on the train and a little girl um, was holding her mum's phone and she was posing with her hand up like that. And the mum was like, take a selfie, take a selfie. And I was like, oh God. How old was the girl? Too young to even understand what she was doing. Okay. But she knew. The monkey she, she see, was doing, monkey do. She was doing that pose and everything. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. That's not good, my not friend. Cool. Not cool. I wanted to show, wait, don't look for a sec. Okay. I want to show you this picture I came across the other day and I pissed myself laughing. <laughs> um, let me try and find a big one. So it was a really good representation of um, <laughs> uh, what. So, you know, you see a dog and you're like, okay, yeah, you're, you're, you see fluffy dogs and you see skinny dogs and you're just like, yeah, the fluffy dogs are really, are really like, you know, buff and they've got a lot of muscle on them yeah. or whatever it is. Someone shaved a husky down just oh, from the head down. Oh, my God, And dude. it straight up looks like a cartoon. It looks like Looney Tunes cartoon. Yeah, that's what I thought too. It's like when they like explode the body up and the head's like still normal. I kind of want to see um, its face shaved as well to see what- uh, You can picture it, it would look like a Doberman or something, like just like a generic long dog face. Yeah. So much of the characteristics on the are on the markings of the fur. Yeah. That- when you were to shave it down and say, what dog breed is this? I think I'd have a hard time saying what You'd it was. You have no idea. Like, if you were to block out its head, yeah. I don't know if I'd be able to say if that's a husky. Yeah, same. 
it's so crazy to look at that and go, well, wow, so much of their distinction is the fur and it makes them look so much bigger than they are. Yeah, way bigger. But apparently I read this is horrible to do to them because so much oil and the mm. protection, especially dogs that shed, um, is in the skin. And so once you shave it, it never grows back correctly again. Oh, wow. Someone said they did it to their own husky and that it they they it all grew back in um, patches and was never thick again. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah. So the, maybe you reckon this was at a vet or something? Was this for a medical reasons? Did this, but I don't know why. I don't know why what, what happened. Maybe for an operation. I thought it was the most funny thing I'd ever seen. Bizarre. That looks like, very freaky. Damn, that looks so weird. I want to see um all big dogs just to see what they look like. German shepherds and Rottweilers and stuff. I guess Rottweilers are pretty short furred. <laughs> I don't know. That's hilarious. Show it too much. My dog looks like that. Um, okay, so I got something for you today. Show me. Tell me. Okay, so it is it, in the 1960s, a Denver-based psychiatrist and a man who believed he could take photographs photographs of his thoughts staged a series of experiments with Polaroid instant film. Dr. Jules Eisenbud and his test subject, Ted Sirius, a former bellhop, were trying to prove that a psychic projection could manifest on film. You ever heard of this? I haven't heard of this. Is this the... Would you say it was a professor? What would you say? It was a psychiatrist. Psychiatrist. And, uh, and a guy who just seemed to be like a random bellhop who claimed <laughs> he could project his thought. And the way he did it was so intense. He'd be like, get ready for the photo. Just be like... And and violently project this thing onto the and thought. their first their first thought Ready? was watch I can capture it on camera. Ready? Watch him. Yeah, he's like I'm gonna project my thought onto the camera and you. Oh, he tries him. to do it at the same time as they press the clicker, dude. Yeah. Wow. Oh, what is that? This is some of the things that came out from his experiments. But isn't it? Aren't they taking a photo of his face? Yeah. And it's not. They're not bringing up. Oh, what the hell is that? Yeah. Hang on a second. I thought this was. For jokes. No, this is... They never able to debunk this. That's pretty freaky. Yeah. So, has anyone said that they have this um, power after this guy? Yeah. So, some people... There was one instance where these guys said that they were able to do this. Now, his one was on Polaroids. Mm. I looked into this a little bit and I found that... So, he'd do the Polaroid. He'd just like print and, and it comes right out, right? So, for those listening, um, Daniel was just showing me a series of Polaroids... Um, so what I first saw was the guy intensely like shooting his head at a Polaroid camera as they, a, as they're taking the photo, yes. and I was assuming I was just going to get a close up shot of this guy's focused head, just close up. Um, but what um, these Polaroids I was seeing, I was seeing um, certain strange like- orbs, um, straight up building. I saw a building. Yeah, it was uh, like, like a Roman like, building. Yeah, or something. yeah. Um, I was seeing some some distinct Geometry. images. Yeah, there's some things happening. So, um, recently there were, this was the 1960s, but recently okay. they were all digitized. Right. And they were all um, put into like a library collection that you can look online and have like all the information put at um, your disposal. So, this one was the thought, the photograph was Big Ben. What do they call They call it photographs, do they? Photograph is what they called it. Um, photograph, blurry image apparently of Big Ben Tower in London. Towers at 45 degree angle going from bottom to left. So, these are all digitized at the University of um, somewhere. I don't know what this is. Um, UMBC is the, the place. It was, um, I think, a university experiment. Universities study heaps of this stuff. And so, they had a psychiatrist do it. 1967, they said the date and time, and they all did it, the measurements, any inscriptions on the notes, um, including in library exhibit. So, the notes say, psychic projections, psych- photographic impressions, paranormal photos by Jewel Eisenbud. Collection of Ted Sirius, January 26th to March 27th, 2011, was digitized. Um, the so let thought me get this binder straight. was from 4464 to 1365. What's that? So 1964 to 65 is when they okay. did the experiments. Okay. United States Psychic Photography was the genre. So they give you all the information of what was done for each photograph. So let me get this and straight. the photograph was taken. He claimed that he could project visions. Yeah. And the first thing that a psychiatrist said was, let's capture it on my Polaroid. So, I don't know how... So, here we go. All the photographs from the experiment are held in a special collections of the University of Maryland, Baltimore country. 
and have recently been digitized. Now, anyone can browse the results and experiments to decide for themselves if they believe in it. It falls into a long history of using the medium of photography to try and depict and capture and collect evidence of paranormal events. Hoover says, Halvers says, the case of Ted Sirius is unique that this used Polaroid cameras to produce his imagery. Polaroid cameras produce an original photograph on the spot, eliminating the opportunity for trickery to occur through printing techniques. Ted Sirius spent three years working with Eisenbud, having moved to Denver just for the experiments, holding a gizmo. It was a piece of paper rolled up into a short tube at the start of each experiment session to the lens of the Polaroid camera from his head is what he would do. A snap of the fingers was the verbal command. Some of his photographs purported to show images of an object, a place that was not there, such as one on top of the post, supposedly the Pantheon and Athens, um, others called normals, depict of what you would expect all photographs to show. Ted's face, shoulders. um, So some are just like his face and shoulders Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. Was he given the prompts of what to project or he just... I'm not sure exactly. I tried to find exactly what was happened. Maybe I can find. Um, this is like more to, just like I'd the like backstory. to know if like they could like scientifically they approached it that way. They're like, okay, don't tell us what you're going to project. We're going to take a photo and we're going to analyze it ten and see if we can pick one of them. So Sirius was an unemployed bellhop when his claims that he had an ability to put images on film with his mind came to attention of Jewel Eisenbud. That's a very specific thing to say. Mm. Yeah, you I know? don't know why he said that. He was tested by Eisenbart at Denver during the period of three years. Sirius usually held a small cylinder called a gizmo, in quotations, up to the lens of an instant camera. Sirius images were often blank or black. Occasionally, a fuzzy image would be seen that could be interpreted in many different ways. But on rare occasions, a relatively clear and unidentifiable image showed up. And although appearing surrounded by dark areas on the film... On some occasions, his photos appeared to be distorted or altered versions of real places or images. Mm. One such photo appeared to be um, a hangar belonging to the Air Division of the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. I'm trying to find... Because um, I don't know exactly how they got together. I'll say this to be devil's advocate. Mm. I, n- I can picture the intention of convincing people by saying I'm going to go with the Polaroid format because I get instant film and it can't be edited. But I do know of a um, a double exposure, a double exposure effect you can essentially reproduce with the Polaroid camera, which is kind of like you're advised not to do it because you could destroy your camera. But as you're taking a photo, you essentially whack it on a surface or your palm as you're taking a photo, mm. it fucks up the me- mechanisms. So then when you take another photo, it essentially imprints a double exposure onto the Polaroid. Because um, my partner was showing me on hers. She did it once. And you whack it at the same time you take the photo. And I guess it doesn't eject it. So this film stays in there. And then yeah, you double exposure. Yeah, but doesn't it have it. to be of one thing you recently took though? So let's say they took getting, a picture if- of a Pantheon. Yeah. And then they do this experiment. That's in the role. So you're going to get a blurred light image of him and this fuzzy image of something that the light yeah, was but, catching. But I don't know if it was they got able to do that and then have an extremely like, I don't know. Like, I don't know who was at fault here. Was that's it the thing. The- yeah, I, I don't know, but I'm just saying that that's a possibility, um, especially since considering, um, according to that, a lot of the images are blurry photos of him in his face and his shoulders and stuff. Yeah. They said possibly a small piece of photographic transparency was put into the gizmo for the lens to capture in their test. Mm. Eisenbud didn't take too kindly to the claim. He quickly offered a challenge as his response. I hereby state that if any before competent jury or scientific investigators, photographers and conjurers, any chosen by them in any normal way of combinations to duplicate under similar conditions, the range of phenomena produced by Ted, I shall abjure all further work with Ted, buy up any publicly and burn all available copies of the, the world of Ted Sirius. That was the um the book he created. So I'd, I'd have to read the book to learn more, I'd say. Yeah. And no one's been able to reproduce. Well, they had a couple of people do it with the films that they would develop in a lab, but then some people found out that they were using very poor um, uh, contaminant. They were contaminating the 
the photographs as they were exposing it and then touching it onto human skin mm. and it would distort the photograph and it was just blurry stuff, never an image like Big Ben or the, the Pantheon or stuff like that mm. what they got. But again, no one was able to really disprove this from what I could understand is that he would do it and it went on for two years and then he kept the story that, I mean, read the book if you want to learn more about it. Um, Interesting. But I don't think anyone was able to disprove what he did. Um, uh, but it's also not something he made his whole life about, I yeah. don't think. Well, if you're saying that there's people that have um, that have this ability, I wish we could, um, I guess, try it in uh, modern times to get a yeah. bit more um, debunking, I guess. Because um, if that's true, that's really interesting. Yeah, I saw this online and was like, what the hell? I just saw the first thing that caught me was the video of him going, ah, and trying to shoot his thought <laughs> onto the video. And I'm like, what the hell I guess hell the only thing this? that's hard to believe, honestly, is just the, the origin. It's like, you, you're not going to think that you, wait, like, it's like that um, when heroes tried to revamp the series again and they made yeah. someone's power, the power to go into a video game. It's like, how would you ever say that power came about 30, 50 years ago? How would you even know you had the power? There's no yeah. video games around. That's it doesn't make so it's true. Not, it doesn't happen in natural life. So how would you know to be like, I have this power. I need to get a Polaroid camera quickly. Yeah, you know. So th- that that thought process to me is like, who's just going <laughs> at, 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 to a Polaroid camera by themselves to to be like, I swear I can project my memories onto it. Apparently he was a big drunk, from what I understood. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, he spent three years working with him. Blah blah blah. The exposure was made upon a signal. Uh, yet, aside from the parapsychology interest and disbelief, the photographs also worth looking at for their connection to the history of the 20th century and unconscious having a polar proclaimed role. One approach within the movement uh, was to try and produce imagery by tapping into the unconscious mind based on Ted's description of how he's making the images. He was working in a similar vein. His imagery came from unconscious mind or at least passed through it. Hover said Hoover. So paranormal or not, the photographs where with their strange murky images that emerge like a figure in a fog have something strangely mesmerizing in their visuals. Anyway, feel free to look it up. I'll put a link in the description if you guys want. Send me that link. Um, have you had a look through a few images? I did have a look at them. They were pretty interesting, to yeah. be honest. Um, you know what would have been a good test? To tell him to project something that hasn't been built yet or a particular shape or a building or an object that... It would be hard to take a photo of. Yeah. You can look at all of them, but, um, you know, a lot of them are just odd. How freaky would it be if you go through this archive right now and you find something? It's me. Oh, imagine. It was a portrait of you. I was going to say like, I was going to say like um, a world event like 9-11 or something. A lot of them are like, that's true. That'd be cool. But a lot of them are just like that. Hmm. And I can imagine like some people are like uh, when they see Jesus in like a piece of toast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they're really reaching. See, some are just like his face. Yeah, that's just straight up just a blurry portrait. So, but they documented everything. But why would you get such clear photos one time and such crazy photos another time? It's a bit weird. Mm. Anyway, I thought that was pretty freaking interesting. That is interesting. um, I wish we knew more. I've been saying this... um I've been seeing this thing um, on TikTok a few times where people are like freaking out because they are coming to terms that people, people, which I'm assuming you're one of them, like me, they can just picture a memory or an object and they can see it in their head. And they're explaining that some people just can't picture anything. It just goes blank. And I'm finding it very hard that people don't visualize anything if they're thinking or something. Like picture your mum's face right now. You can yeah. see it. Yeah, yeah. I don't think people wouldn't be able to not do that. But but a lot of people are saying like some people don't have that. I'm like, that doesn't make sense to me. Or well, maybe they can't picture abstract things, but I'm like, like well, but like okay. But if you picture an apple in claim? your head, you can just picture an apple. Yeah, but some people aren't don't have visual, like that kind of visualization in their head. But like, I think people's brains would be, some people's brains would be completely different to yours. I, I can understand that, but surely to like- to not, like that's like for me it's like uh, are you really visualizing or is it is, is it just recalling memory and i feel like everyone has memory yeah and if i would say like picture a lock and now describe the lock you'd be able to describe it to me without even having to bring I it up i think everyone you know? can do it they're just being lazy yeah then. i think so too like i i can't imagine anyone that can't do it. like if you were to read a book and there's stories and protagonists and there's a, a tale you get a visualization in yeah your you're seeing the story in your head i mean you're not looking at it first person but like you're making up characters in your f- head 
I don't 80, think anyone can't say that. Eighty percent of our brain is geared towards visualize visual mm. the visual stimuli. So I think to say you visualize nothing is just someone being dumb. If anyone says they can't, I want to talk to them because I had a feeling that they're full of shit. Because I think they're, they're probably just unique. feeling embarrassed and and they don't want to talk about it. It's just it's just impossible in my head. Like I just don't I don't see how that's possible. Everyone would have some sort of image. Yeah, because even if you said you don't, like if I'd be like picture an apple and they're like I can't like describe an apple that. They could describe it, and I can describe it as well. Unless I've got that brain, uh, face, a face um, amnesia. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Something like that. Which leads me to something I wanted to tell you about. Okay. I saw this um, freaky Reddit post. Yep. And um, she just ties right into what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, someone wrote one of the most frightening things I've ever heard is when someone pointed out that the existence of the uncanny valley implies that at some point in time. There was an evolutionary reason to be afraid of something that looked human but wasn't. <laughs> How freaky is that? I I don't I don't agree with that. No, no. There is something freaky about the Uncanny Valley. Yeah, but you know what? I think it's it's it's. I think the Uncanny Valley is proven to be that it's in our nature to pick out something that's off about a person. Yeah, but why would we have evolved to have that trait? Because difference and strangeness in humans is bad. But you so know, people acting odd or psych- psychotic or crazy or mad or mm. whatever is a sign of um, something's wrong and you need to get away from that because our genetic gene pool needs to be pure. But there's traits within that's why, that's all for instance, things that are approachable and there's things that you should be afraid of. So, like, we've been developed to be scared of things that have big teeth, big sharp teeth. Yeah. Right, straight off the bat. If you saw a creature you'd never seen before and it had big sharp teeth and, like, a, a, you know, predator eyes... You'd be like, I'm not going to approach this thing. Mm-hmm. There's something about Uncanny Valley that makes you not want to go near it. Yeah, it's, it's that, that same it's feeling. That primal drive to not. It's, for instance, um, how elephantitis can look like, be like body horror and scare you. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing. Yeah, I guess so. Imagine you just were walking in the middle of the night and some guy was just staring at you like this. And Absolutely he didn't say a word. terrifying. Like for, those, for those listening, Daniel is just staring at me with a big grin, a big grin, just teeth gritted and big bulging eyes. Terrifying. Uh, does, can you just do a little zoom up on that for the uh, for those watchers? That's terrifying. That's going to be a thumbnail. So, if you saw <laughs> that, it's unusual. Yeah. It's not expected of humans. So, therefore, it is bad. They're scary. Therefore, it is bad. Mm-hmm. Therefore, it should be avoided. Therefore, it's scary. So, you're saying that it's not um, necessarily... Uh, something that you should be scared of. It's just not an, uh, a regular natural state that we th- see things in. Yeah, that's right. So, mm, therefore, yeah. it should be avoided. Okay. because yeah, Your you brain is hardwired to find yeah. something wrong in yeah. someone. That's why we're so sensitive to those minor little face twitches that people yeah. do. And that's why we can find faces in trees and stuff like that in clouds mm, and be mm. like, that one looks like a face or the pareidolia, I think it's called. Par- pareidolia? I've never heard of that. Let me look at that up. Pareidolia is being able to find a face in things that don't exist. Or being able to find human yeah. characteristics. Um, Pareidolia. Yeah. I think I'm saying that correctly. That's interesting. What's the defi- definition? Pareidolia is the tendency for perception to impose a meaningful interpretation on a nebulous stimulus, usually visual. Yeah. So that go. one sees an object pattern or meaning where they, there is none. Yeah, and so the human mind is really geared towards seeing human faces. So they found mm-hmm. that um, there's a, there's a huge amount of our brain that's dedicated to just understanding human emotions because understanding a human emotions is safety for people, right? Yeah, you can navigate yourself. So you can tell when someone's lying to you and you can tell when someone is uh, being angry towards you because all of that is negotiating your own space and your own safety amongst the world right Mm -hmm. so that's why you can easily find faces in objects and things around the world and and faces are a big one because a huge amount of our brain is dedicated to the human face that is very very interesting yeah i like that so i think the uncanny valley comes right right into that i think you um i think you debunked that real quick I'm a debunker man. <laughs> no, that makes that makes a lot of sense to me. When I first heard that, I was like, "That's very freaky." Um, and then I was instantly thinking of simulation theory, and there's like some ancestral Battlestar um, Galactica. There's something in the something in the ancestral lineage that yeah. we had like a you know a war against the computers, and from then on we evolved to be scared of anything artificial. Yeah, I was going well, it in could that direction. Just be like 
it could just be like, imagine seeing like a Neanderthal in today's time. You'd be able to pick something off, I think, straight away. You'd be like, yeah, yeah, there's something weird about you, you know? Yeah. That is freaky. I think that's why you can also like when people are being extremely odd or different states of mind or whatever, you can really feel an eerie vibe sometimes. Yeah. Mm. You you can tell something. If I get too involved with this person, something bad's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Or you just get like, I don't want to be around you right now. You're freaking me out. Yeah. Imagine that, but you could just see it all in the face. That's what I was, you know what you are like that feeling you're explaining right now is the feeling I was thinking when your dad caught you smashing the alarm panel. Yeah. Because it's my son. I know it's my son, but he's doing something completely different to anything he's ever done before and that any human would do. That's why I was like, this is so freaky. It's like if an alien would just come in and wear a, f- a costume as a human and just start doing weird shit, <laughs> you'd be like, "This, what's wrong What's wrong with this person? This is yeah, freaky. You'd be like immediately something as soon as it's not happening that you don't expect. Yeah. It's unsafe for you. So freaking scary but, to you me. You know, everyone's got a degree of that, right? So right. We, we might be like way more op- sensitive to it or, you know, someone who's just like an easygoing person might be like, he's just being crazy. They're the skeptic in the horror movie that dies quickly. Yeah, they're the one that dies quick. Yeah, it's just the wind. Eh, it's just, be, just how he is. He be, like, he's doing weird stuff. Oh, they, eh, he just he just decapitates dogs all the time. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Very, very, very cool. cool. Very, very cool. Wait, did you bring that up? I brought that up. Okay. Well, you brought up the pariabolio. Paradol. Pariadolio. Pariadolio. Yeah. Very interesting. Um, mm. I got I got a little something. Um, Give me a little something. There are only... Have you heard of this? There's only seven basic plots in all of storytelling. There can only be seven. You heard of this? In every story ever told, there's only seven stories that can be told. I understand um, the basic concepts of a, of a story writing. Like mm-hmm. a, yep. And then um, Dan Harmon essentially yep. evolved that. That's why his shows are so successful. Okay. He rewrote The Hero's Journey. Oh, okay. Um, which was, like, I think, something like you're at a base point something goes wrong, you find out something to fix it, you go on the journey to find the thing, it gets fixed, and then you're at square one again. It's, a, it's like a building block of a regular story. Yeah. And he evolved it, and that's why Rick and Morty and Community is such a fantastic show, because he took the basic thing and just magnified it. Okay, cool. Um, I'm guessing it's something similar to that. Yeah, well, but the, it all comes down to there's only seven potential stories that have ever been told in all of storytelling. Right. Um, do you know any of them? I don't, but I'm, I'm picturing like, it's like uh, also music as well. Like there's so many chords, but we essentially use the same like the area same of couple. music. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the plots are as follows. It's overcoming the monster and the monster could be like anything. Could be aliens, could be um, the a virus, could be... Um, <laughs> Uh, yourself could be whatever, right? Like um, just overcoming the monster. Mm-hmm. Um, so Beowulf, Dracula, the War of the Worlds, blah, 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 Jaws, Star Wars, Naruto, all those things. Right, right. Um, then there's rags to riches. The poor protagonist acquires power, wealth, and or a mate loses it all and gains it back growing as a person as a result. So like Aladdin. Mm-hmm. Um, the quest, the protagonist and companions set out to acquire an important object to get to a location. They face temptations and other obstacles along the way. Voyage and return. The protagonist goes on a strange land after overcoming the threats that poses and it poses or learning important lessons unique to the location they return with the experience. Comedy, light and humorous character with a happy and cheerful ending. Dramatic work in which central motive is the triumph or overcome Adverse circumstances resulting in successful, happy conclusion. Tragedy. The protagonist is a hero with a major character flaw or a great mistake, which is ultimately their undoing. The unfortunate end evokes pity and the folly and the fall of the fundamentally good character. Rebirth. And ev- uh, and the last one is rebirth, which is um, an event forces the main character to change their ways and often become a better individual. That's only, those are the only ones that have ever been told ever. The last few started just sounding like combinations of the first half. Um, you, yeah, yeah, I um, guess so. But I, 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 then when you were explaining all those, I was thinking in my head, I'm like- You can have think, twists and variations on it, but I think the basic core plot always is the same. But in my head, um, there's nothing 
a, there's nothing else a human can experience other than those basic things. Yeah, I think it just comes down to human story yeah, and like experience. It, there's not like there's there's nothing you, else you, you can explain that I would think, make sense. I think the story though, for instance, you could be like go through an event, nothing happens, and you stay the same as a person. Yeah, but then you haven't told a story. You haven't told a story. So, so the I, point is, yeah. this, if you're telling a story, you have to tell one of these. Plots. So I think it's more. It's more so. It's not like um, looking at it at the angle like this is all that's ever been made. It's more like this is only what you can make. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. The only thing. Pretty cool though. Make. Yeah. I when someone told me that, I was like. What are you talking about? And as you were um, seven, as you were going through them, I was just getting flashes of movies. Each one you were talking to me about, you know, yeah, just you can you You can can just the movies that that fill into those categories. Um, And it says the rule of three: the the third event in a series of becomes the final trigger of for something important to happen. Um, yeah. So it just goes on about like the seven basic plots: the meta plot, the rule of three, um. The rule of three, yeah. In adult stories, rule of three conveys a gradual resolution of a process that leads to transformation. This transformation can be downwards as well as upwards. The simple or cumulative three, for example, Cinderella's three visits to the ball. Mm. The ascending three, where each event is more significant than preceding. Here I must first win bronze, then silver, then gold. The contrasting three, where only the third has positive value. For example, the three little pigs whose house is blown down by the big bad wolf. The final or delect dialectal form of three where with Goldilocks and her bowls of porridge the first the first is wrong in one way the second is wrong in the opposite and the third is just right and I think for me um, as someone that's watched a lot of movies you start to see uh, and in shows you start to see when there's been kind of I guess subpar writing and they yeah. rely heavily on these elements yeah and I start to see patterns because I've watched it's, enough oh, stuff oh it's the formula so it's yeah. gonna work it's exactly it's just base yeah. formula so um, things like um, Loki people were raving on about but all I was watching was this very basic writing where something will happen in my head I go well that's gonna happen two more times yeah and it happens two more times and I go well why am I watching this show that I can predict and it's I'm watching it for, for the first time yeah that's so true I get there's a lot of stuff out there that for people that just want to enjoy a show and I guess you know if you watched enough shows then you start to see those patterns that have been written in a lot of shows that go across different genres but you just mm. start seeing those patterns mm. um, I have I'll have I've just had a quick skim through this yeah. um, so uh, I think he so he rewrote like the basic circle of um, a storyline. So a character is in a zone of comfort, but they want something. They enter an unfamiliar situation, adapt to it, get what they wanted, pay a heavy price for it, then return to their fam- familiar situation having changed. And there's like a, that's an eight part circle story, and he pretty much applies that to everything. <laughs> so any Eric and Morty episode is that. I didn't know he had such a specific formula. But it, it works so well. Interesting. And if you just like this, um, you have that base and you put heaps of creativity into it, it can be amazing every time. Yeah, interesting. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know he was so formulaic with it. That's pretty cool. Well, I think he actually m- adapted what was a base story. So, I think yeah. he- Which what may be, have been have only like four stages, he made it eight. Right. Um, I, he crams a lot into his stories, I think. Yeah. Mm. I'll have to read this- Um whole article but um i remember reading that uh, i think around commu- when i was watching community mm-hmm. which is pretty cool um but yeah it's like it's heavily heavily just dis- um divide like you know distilled down into its basic form of like the hero's journey yeah okay cool. cool i like it um yeah mm. interesting you got any shower thoughts uh quantum thoughts before we go let's have a look I have a couple of quantum thoughts What are your, I guess this is a question. Mm. What are your personal beliefs on this? I hope this doesn't go into a long segment. What are your personal beliefs on how the pyramids were constructed? <laughs> what? Uh, what do you, what do you personally, personally believe? Because um, I feel like this is a topic that just divides so many people. I think what I truly believe is that there was some extraterrestrial influence to build them. Mm-hmm. And we built them through some lost technological means. Right. So, they had some sort of technology, whether it be sound waves or ancient spiritual devices, whatever it is, and they built it. And they then, since we've since lost connection with that technology or since 
the technology was taken, lost forever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really truly believe there was some sort of extraterrestrial influence building them, whether it be we were doing it to pray some sort of extraterrestrial influence with that ad- super hyper advanced technology yeah. or um, the extraterrestrial knowledge. And this could be like humans from another timeline. It doesn't have to be aliens. Okay. Yeah. Okay. This could be like humans that left Earth or came back to Earth or whatever. We don't know. Um, but they built it, like essentially, um, or, or wanted us to build it for some reason. Yeah. Um, that's my true belief. I don't believe it was built with people just slaving away these slabs of stone and dragging them over <laughs> and cutting them to laser precision. Precision. I don't care if you had a thousand years to build it. You ain't building it mm. in a thousand years. Mm. I feel like it's too too precise and, yeah. and they can't explain a lot of the way it was made. Yeah, okay. You? Um, I say I'm more on the similar side of your beliefs where I believe that we were all at a point in history where we were very advanced and uh, what we would consider advanced is not what we consider advanced yeah. in our current time right now. Yeah. Um, and I believe we were just on a very different path collectively as a globe. Yeah. And I think that uh, something, a great cataclysm has happened and we've lost all of that information and technology, um, which would have been very beneficial to the people, to, to us as a species and the world. And I think we've just essentially come off a big reset and have gone in a really bad direction. Mm. But um, I I am open to the alien theory yeah, um, because of just... Um, I guess uh, certain hieroglyphics and things like that, and its relevance to our universe. But um, I also believe that um, it could have been uh, just very advanced humans. Um, and yeah, I I do not believe for a moment that it was some powerful figure making a group of people build this megalithic structure just to over, be yeah um uh, uh, you know i think when they even saying like for a ramp to be built to even transport this the the slabs up to the top, top of the pyramid the ramp itself would have to stretch like kilometers at an incline steep enough for humans to actually drag um, a stone slab. The pillar up. Yeah, because you can't have a freaking ramp like that that goes straight up because there's no strength you can build. So, for a steady incline to ramp up to actually- Which they had to build this ramp. Which you had to build the ramp. And then take it away. Yeah. And where is it? Yeah. And, and, and look, no doubt, I don't believe that um, the the area would have been quite vegetative and, mm. and next to the Nile River and probably w- there's been boats found around that area and stuff like that. So, I don't, no doubt there's probably water uh, was abundant in the area and- and forests, but still, uh, there's no way in my mind that I believe people just built that just because. And there was evidence to say that it was there before the Egyptians even got there. Yes. Yep. I believe so in that. So, it's like, well, they didn't build it. Yeah. I don't think the Egyptians that we know of them were the ones that actually had the pyramids, that, that built the pyramids. They just were stumbling across that. Yeah. Or they could be ancestors, uh, predecessors of that race that were from that yeah. area. It's too too bizarre for me. It's way too bizarre. And there's pyramids all over the globe. Exactly. So I'm like, well, what and then you and I can't stand Giza. I can't stand people that are just like, oh, you don't know how it's built, so you just believe in aliens. It's like, well, that's way more plausible than just <laughs> yeah. getting people to build something over a thousand years. You can't get people to do something over a year. And look at the buildings that are being built in Sydney right now with modern technology. Yeah, um, I know, right? They're just crumbling. Uh, and then also on top of that. Um, they're like, well, you know, a, 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 a triangle is the basic um, strongest form of construction or something like that, you know? And it's like, nah, dude, there's, there's significance to this. There's yeah. significance to it. It's very strange. Uh, people that are just so skeptical, it's it, it baffles me that people don't want to, like, entertain anything. Mm. Even if it's, like, absolutely, absolutely absurd, like, a, a flat earth theory, I don't believe in it, but- I'm not going to say it's stupid straight off the bat. I want to know what they're seeing. Yeah. I want to get in their head and be like, what are you seeing? That you, It's so believable Show to you. Show me your knowledge. Yeah, because I, I want to know how you've been convinced of this. I, I would like to know. And some of the stuff that um, I've seen, I'm like, I can't dispute it because I'm not a scientist. But I find that interesting that you've been able to get to that. Mm. I don't believe it. But um, it's interesting. But mm. I can't believe that people in the world are just like, those flat earthers are absolutely stupid. And it's like- well, hang on a second. Like, 
We all everyone's, questioned something. Everyone's got different levels. They thought the Earth was a cube for a long time. Yeah, I'm. I'm just genuinely curious. I'm like, where? where what are these people saying? I want to. I want to know what they're saying. Hmm. Um, funnily enough, I did see a video. Dude, some old Aussie guy was just holding a globe. Uh, he was on a live, and he's talking about how, like, look, if I, if I if I hold the lighter on this globe, look, it just drops right off, and we're meant to be on on the side of this ball and it's spinning through space. And I'm like, wow, dude, man, like this guy hasn't no. I don't think they understand. Just playing some of them playing the most random knowledge. Dude, it's just him. like he's just holding a globe and just puts a lighter on and it falls off. I'm like, and he's like, that's all it is. And he's like, and he said he said something like this. He said like because of some um he said like a line like because of some invisible force called gravity i'm like you can't see gravity anyway of course it's invisible um <laughs> and it, it just i think from what i've heard from enough watching enough flat earth videos it sounds like they don't have a grasp on how big earth is mm. uh, it, that's from what i'm getting at i i think they i think they think it's a lot smaller than what it is when it, it's so humongous I, mm. I think that's what i'm i'm commonly seeing the way they talk about it as it, it's as if you can run around Earth. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, I'm, I'm fully with you. Yeah, it's 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 very interesting though. Mm. People's um, minds, man. People's minds. I I did see something that freaked me out, which was I think um, if you were to take the temperature of the moonlight, it's cold. It's colder than the shadow. I don't get it. I f- and I can't disprove that. I have. I'm not a scientist, and I I find that very interesting. I don't know why it is. I'm sure there's some explanation for it. I've heard that too. Mm, freaky. It is, but I don't know why. The moon freaks me out. We'll find out for next time. We'll say that for another episode. Mm. Well, everyone, thank you for returning back with us after a little one week hiatus. We'll catch you next week on another episode of Double Dose. Thank you, guys. See Love ya. you. Bye.